You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. What's up, everyone? It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. We're going to get to Zach Lowe and what his evaluation was of the Charlotte Hornets and what they did this offseason. We'll get to that in the second segment, maybe the third one, because we've got James Borrego comments to go over. We got to talk a little about Kelly Oubre, and we got to talk about Ish Smith, both of those players being excited to be here. Could get into a little Mason Plumley comments who also had media availability. Mm-hmm. They're checking off all the boxes. Mitch Kupchak spoke, spoke to media earlier this week. But James Borrego had a 40-minute Q&A session with local media. Longest press conference I can remember in, in a while, at least Zoom conference. I'd, yeah. Yeah, easily, 40 minutes easily like 40 minutes like so deep that we really could we thought about I thought about trying to grab some audio for this one and it just got to be too deep and I was just like nah nah I'm yep good. we go the extra mile for everybody that's what we like to do so <laughs> James Borrego giving us this press conference uh a couple of things here to note nada I know um he went down the list, talked about each individual player for the most part, discussed Mason Plumley, discussed LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, some of the rookies. Who do you want to start with? And uh, and I'll, I'll let you kick it off on what you thought of his comments about that player. You Quite want to honestly, I want to start with the whole book night thing, because the one thing he's the one thing he consistently said and is granted, it's something that he said before is book night is going to have to earn minutes now. Uh, again, I know when some of y'all reacted, y'all were like, I hope this doesn't mean we're going to see Cody Martin for a big stretch at the beginning of the season. Let me warn you guys, you're going to see Cody Martin. It's going to have to be one of those things where James Booknight clearly provides something that Cody Martin cannot. And if he provides that scoring punch off the bench, then he'll be one of the first off the bench. If not, Cody Martin is going to be on this roster because of the fact that he can play defense. Coaches, and I want to keep letting people in on this secret, coaches want to minimize risk as much as possible, especially when the money is the way it is. It's why it's one of those things like you have to coach them out of their worst urges sometimes. Borrego has shown that when the times get tough, he relies on some guys more than others. Cody Martin is one of those guys. So what I'm trying to tell you guys and what I'm trying to warn you about early and just so that we understand this, and I'll be saying this for uh, up until the beginning of the season, and then when people start getting mad, I can say, I told you so. Cody Martin's going to play over James Booknight. It's going to be okay. If Cody Martin still plays over James Booknight into January, that's when you worry. But I would put it this way. Cody Martin is going to be a part of this team because James Borrego has the depth now to make rookies earn their minutes. We're going to see this with James Booknight. We are going to see this with with Kai Jones. It's going to be okay. I feel like I need to put this PSA out early, Walker, because if not, 
people are going to go nuts. And I'd rather them not go nuts because it drives me nuts. And then it'll drive you nuts. And we're trying to just save each other some mental headspace. Is that such a bad thing, for Walker? Because I feel like I'm doing a, a char charitable thing right yeah, now. Yeah, you're such a giver. Nada, you are as generous as they come of all of the pod people out there. And we all thank you for it. Uh, as far as James Booknight getting played over because of Cody Martin's presence on the court. I don't think it's going to happen that much. I, I think you think it's going to happen a lot more frequently at the beginning. I, I do admit that James Borrego last year decided to handle LaMelo ball a little bit differently, not throwing him in heavy minutes as the starter at first, but LaMelo still did get a decent amount of playing time. We got a little frustrated with the lack of playing time at the end of ball games, I think for LaMelo, but it didn't last long. Eventually James Borrego did give him that, that time. And so I get your point on that front. I just don't think that losing Devonte Graham and losing Malik Monk allow you to not find scoring somewhere else going into that second unit. Because if you think about the starting lineup, it's going to be LaMelo ball and Terry Rozier. That's your starting backcourt. That's just how it's going to Fair be. Enough. Gordon Hayward's going to be your starting small forward lock. I think miles bridges is a lock at four and we'll see mm -hmm. about the five Mason Plumley coming in and starting PJ Washington, maybe coming in and starting off of the bench or whatever. But when you go to the second unit is Smith isn't starting. I mean, excuse me, he's starting, but he's not scoring. Uh, and Kelly, you can come in and I, he can score a little bit, but he's not going to be in the starting backcourt. And so I think maybe you go like a Jalen McDaniels and maybe you go a PJ Washington. If Mason Plumlee is going to get the first string reps at five, I just think James Booknight provides a little bit more of a scoring punch within that backcourt in the second unit. And you're going to have to pay him or play him because Cody Martin isn't providing that and maybe defensively Cody Martin could be better, but I think I, I just think book Knight is going to be that guy that you still wean into the game plan a little more, but it's still going to see his time at the beginning of the season. I know they're in a different identity now. I know they have talked about this corporate knowledge, having guys that have been in the system for a while. And so that's going to bode well for them going towards the future. PJ knows the system miles like your young guys know what it is. Terry Rozier, LaMelo, even a second season and to have that experience. It bodes well for the Hornets. Even with all that being said, I think book Knight is a guy that's going to come in and still provide the scoring impact that is kind of absent. If you look elsewhere, especially off of the pine. Yeah, well, I, I do agree that you're going to need the scoring impact. I completely understand where you're coming from with that. I also know that, again, this is just, like, I don't expect this to be long. I guess that's what, what I'm trying to warn people about. This, is, this may be an initial shock. If James Booknight comes out and has an impactful preseason, has an impactful early part of the season, then I will happily be wrong, but... Everything about earning minutes, and James Brago has consistently done this. If you surprise him he and you earn those minutes, he will put you in the rotation. We saw this with Devontae Graham because Devontae Graham, when he exploded on the scene, it took a while before he hit that starting rotation. P.J. Washington is probably the early example of knocking people out of the box to the point where it became undeniable and he started from day one. There, a lot of this is going to depend and just be dictated by how much can you just like honestly, how much can can James Booknight learn, retain, and play defense? Because if he's going to play defense at an adequate level, 
keyword adequate. He'll be on the he'll be on the floor. If not, he won't be. It, I feel like it's just that simple. And in terms of again, McDaniel's, I expect him to play. PJ, I expect, and we'll get into PJ and Brago's expectations for him. But I expect a better year from PJ. I expect a more consistent year from PJ. I am not ready to throw PJ away. I think he's going to be good. I don't think, and I think the expectations for him coming off the bench should be something similar to what Miles Bridges is. So I do, but back to book night, I do think that it happens. I just don't think it's going to happen as fan, fast as fans would like. That's my thing. I think if you expect him to be a second, third guy off the bench, you may be disappointed just slightly. All right, James Booknight coming off of the bench. How much playing time is he going to get? If he gets a lot of run and starts sweating profusely, then one product he can use is Sweat Block. <laughs> now, I want you to tell the people about Sweat Block. So, guys, again, as one of the Husky brothers on 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 the, on the scene, Husky bros. There are a few things. Yeah, exactly, Husky bros. There's a few things in life that you just don't want to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. I've dealt with it, especially when you're 80, 90 degrees in hot, sweaty. Again, North Carolina. There are just certain things that are just not fun. You're sweating through your shirt. It's kind of embarrassing. So I've dealt with this, unfortunately, and it's been one of those things where it makes it hard to choose fashion. It makes it hard to choose, like, which colors of the shirt. But let me tell you about this thing called Sweat Block, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful product. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed. Next day, you war wake up, wash wash yourself, wash the legs too, please, because I've seen some of y'all some of y'all's tweets. Go about your day without having to worry about sweat. You're done. I know this sounds good, too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it will keep me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more pit stains in the shirt. No more picking my shirts based on the color. And it's just it's a miracle, guys. I have tried it. They sent me some. I love it. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, tell them to check out Sweat Block. And because you are a Locked On Hornets listener, get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code of Locked On. Or you can get it at Amazon or CVS. Check out Sweat Block. Your sweating problems will be no more. Trust me on this. Hey, even Bruskies, if you're a skinny brother too, that's fine. Just hop on it. It's a great product. And I got sent some as well. It does work. It's fantastic. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more JB comments. It's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. LaMelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why do you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't choose to spend 30 
50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a new car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right he also talked about pj washington that's somebody we talked a little bit before we started to record he said that he wants to see more consistency from pj washington i think some hornets Mm -hmm. fans were throwing their hands up in the air and saying preach it jb i think he also talked about miles bridges taking a big time step and turning a corner is the phrase that he used for what miles did last year and he wants pj to take a very similar step to what miles was able to do from his second year into his third year in the nba he also discussed the way that might come about is the shots at the rim which is something we've discussed too his shooting percentage close to the basket it was not nearly as good as what it should have been what it was Uh, in his rookie season. And I think that's where you saw the shooting percentage really come down the three point percentage. It affected the field goal percentage outright. And if he fixes that, I I think PJ is going to see a a lot more consistency. He also talked about him. He's going to get more roles, right? He's going to get more opportunities at the basket. So I, I think that's where you see the consistency come from PJ Washington. And I think that will fix itself. What did you make of JB's comments about PJ? I think he was accurate. I think if he shows a little bit more consistency, especially finishing at the rim, and like literally my two complaints about P.J. Washington are, are this, finishing at the rim against length, and then the other one was being more, a little bit more solid on the ceiling on the rebounds. He does those two things. We're talking about a guy that's going to score more, rebound more, and be a legitimate double-double threat next year. I do believe that P.J. Washington still has a very big place on this team. I think if he takes even a half of a mile's leap, second half mile's leap of last season, we are talking about someone that can be very, very dangerous. And like Borrego said, can turn this into a very, 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 very special season. Yeah, I agree. I think PJ does have that ability to be more consistent and provide um, more shots at the rim, just hitting closer at the basket. The two point percentage needs to go up. And I think uh, PJ will certainly benefit from things like that. James Brago also talked about Mason Plumley, the new acquisition they had. They acquired him via a trade. They moved up 20 spots in that NBA draft. They selected JT Thor, and then they landed Mason Plumley. He's on a two-year deal, $8 million apiece, but it's partially guaranteed contract for Mason Plumley. He said he loves his playmaking. He says he's got a skill set that they've not really had here before. You know, I okay, sure, the playmaking, that does make sense. <laughs> no, and it does. Like, like, like the playmaking, that makes sense. Um, and he said, you know, we love to have playmakers out there on the floor. Like that was one of the only thing I kind of raised an eyebrow at because of the decisions that the Hornets made losing Devonte and Malik. But eventually JB said, you know, yeah, we're you know losing those guys. You know, it's nice to have a playmaker out uh, of the five position, having him be able to handle a little bit at the top of the key and just make smart decisions, being a mover of the basketball. He says he's been a fan of Plumlee for a while. They were paying attention to him in free agency, the year that he decided to go to Detroit. I forget how he was. I just know Detroit. That was when they were on a big man binge. They couldn't get enough and put it right into their veins. And then they decided to move off of Plumlee really just a year later. Um, 
but he likes Mason Plumley. Talked a little bit about the playmaking. I, you know, I, I don't like losing it so much in the backcourt, getting Kelly Oubre and James Booknight, where they're more known for different things. But it is kind of interesting. Like, you know, you do have a ball mover at the five spot. I, I just think you have better options or, you know, like PJ is a better five to me. But it, it, yes. it, but he is going to swing the ball around and, and can and can make some you know nice passes from the top of the key once you put him up there. No, you're right. He can make. He can be a very good playmaker. And from what I t- saw from James Brago's comments, this feels like this was something that Brago was asking for, clamoring for last year. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that underrated. Again, Cody Zeller was kind of an underrated playmaker. You just didn't ask him to do it as much. Yeah, he's a guy that but improved a, a lot as a passer over the years, yeah. and he made some. He there did. were a couple that took you back, and I remember him getting asked about that. Uh, I forget who asked it during the season. I forget what game it, it was. might have been Rick. It might have been. Yeah, it, but and, and it was it was noticeable. It was really noticeable how well Cody uh, uh, improved um, as a passer as well. Yeah, no, it, it is one of those things where I do believe that there, it's just going to be. I think that James Brago needed a different center in here. I think he needed someone that had a different it it just needed to be a familiar face i think at some point familiarity breeds contempt and clearly there was a lot of contempt for the center position currently in the last two years at the and and the charlotte hornets and they have new centers that james brago actually likes for now who knows this could be one of those john gruden and quarterback situations where brago will never like his centers and they will never be good enough for them who knows but for what Plumlee will provide, it's a better role, man. He's slightly a better rebounder than Cody Zeller. I get what the excitement is for. I personally hope that this is the center that James Brago was looking for, and maybe he'll be able to unlock him a little bit better. Lamelo becomes a better role, man, and unlocks him a little bit more as well. I, I, I just, With a guy like Mason Plumlee, I'm of the wait-and-see variety for right now. Uh, and let's get to Miles Bridges. I, I kind of mentioned him when talking about PJ because James Brago compared him to, to Miles, right? And so he said he really turned a corner last year uh, that now you're you're kind of looking for. I mean, he was consistent pretty much. I, I just think higher volume consistency at the beginning we really haven't seen because a lot more was put on Miles plate at the end of the year and he answered the bell. Can he do that for a prolonged amount of time? And I think he can. Um, I think he certainly can do that. And it'll be interesting to see the extension, what happens if the Hornets are going to try to work on that, or if they're just going to let restricted free agency play out. Um, But he did really like what Miles was able to do last season, as did we, Nada. And and, uh, look, when we talk about the starters, right? Like PJ Washington as the starting five makes sense to me. But the way he talked about Mason Plumlee, I, the way he's talked about Miles, you know, I certainly think that PJ is going to be coming off of the bench and Miles will be the four, Mason will be the five. I, I do. It's not, I'm not saying yeah, that's how I, it I should agree. be, but I, I think that's what Borrego is going to go with. I think that's the right thing to do, honestly, at this point. Like, you have to reward Miles for the steps up that he took, even if it's at the expense of PJ Washington, who wasn't as bad in the second half as he was in the first half. He did kind of improve. I will say that if we're going to have this continued talk about PJ, I kind of like PJ off the bench this this upcoming year because he can fill in at the four, he can fill in at the five. It doesn't necessarily matter, and you get your best lineup out there in closing situations. And as Rick, again, Rick, God rest his soul, would always say, 
it doesn't matter necessarily who starts it's about who closes games and most likely who's going to close games is going to be some form of pj miles gordon at the forward and center spot so that's all that matters he also discussed they have an identity now and it's it's been a lot made of the fun that the charlotte hornets have right like ish smith talked about that hey i was playing with the wizards and i even then playing against them wow they're really hard to guard and they're a lot of fun by the way ish smith i mean if you didn't like that signing before it it doesn't mean that you need yeah. to say the Hornets are going to win more games because of his presence, but that guy was delightful to listen to in his press conference and was so <laughs> excited to be back here with Charlotte and just the right kind of veteran. You lose Bismack Biombo, an all NBA good guy. Ish Smith is also first team. Yeah, also first team. And the thing is, like, he fits into what they want to do. Ish Smith is not going to be a scorer. Ish Smith who talked about the silent type of leadership, which is needed. You don't outwardly need the overly vocal guy. That's probably going to be Miles Bridges this year. But are you going to need that old vet that'll tell you, hey, hey young blood, you messing up? And I edited myself there, and I should, I, I deserve some, I deserve some, a little bit of mm. credit. But you need that a hey, young blood, you messing up guy that'll tell you on the slide, pull your coattails to the, pull you to the side, and tell you that. Ish Smith can be that guy. He's going to be the guy that facilitates so that you don't have to worry about Kelly Oubre trying to make a play or James Booknight to make a play. It's nice that you have those guys that can make plays, but having a guy like Ish Smith that has done done it all and seen it all and been at the dregs of the league and now can help teach these guys is something that is going to be invaluable, even though he's on a mid-level, mid-level mm-hmm. contract. So, so mm-hmm. I, I love what he's, I love what he's going to bring. I love what he's going to do. And so does James Brego apparently at this point. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, they, they create this identity. They want to push the pace. Lamelo just drafting him almost makes you change gears to a certain degree. It's not that Brego didn't want to play with pace in the first place, but you do have LaMelo Ball at the helm now, one of the best passers in all of the NBA. That's going to help you out. Running in transition, now you bring in a Kelly Oubre, who Mitch Kupchak kind of talked about. Yeah, when we were looking in free agency for players, we did want to find guys that would also uh, be the right fit with what James Brego wants to do out there and with what this personnel um, is most capable of doing at a high level. And, and even going into that, I remember we would talk about the projected identity of this team what they were shooting for in the NBA draft and I don't feel like we've talked about that as much but Mitch Kupchak and I believe James Brago they've all they both talked about wanting to get versatile guys and how how important that is to them and you know that you can see Kai Jones fitting that certainly Miles Bridges and PJ Washington it was a lot more apparent conversation because they were both considered redundant but if they could play on the floor at the same time it worked a lot more because they could be versatile. PJ can play the five, four and miles can play the four, three. And we've seen that bear out. And and now we're not having that redundant type conversation anymore. It was very apparent when PJ was drafted, but now you don't have to make that decision if you don't want to. And it felt like you did for a little while. Careful, careful. Walker. You don't have to positive. No, you don't. You're sounding too positive. <laughs> You're sounding way too positive. Apparently, we're, we're the negative podcast. Haven't you heard? Uh, so we're sounding a little too, too positive about these these free agency moves. You know, I, I've heard from one specific uh, follow, uh, account. Yes, a little bit more so than other ones about that. But you are you don't have to make that decision. Um, and so I, I just like the, the versatility I idea Borrego said they got a lot longer and it's because you know you can draft the nice bodies you can draft the long athletic dudes and then teach them skill but 
it's you can't do the vice versa thing. You can't draft the skilled player already and then give him the seven foot wingspan. You can't give him the jumping out of the gym type ability. Now, it doesn't mean that you just draft a whole bunch of athletes and then put them out there on the floor, try to teach them as best you can and say, okay, you know, we're, we're good. You got to have the right pieces, but it, they do want to bring a lot of versatility to this and athleticism and length to this basketball team. And, and that's what they've tried to do in free agency a little bit, but also certainly through the draft and how they've operated the last couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, you see the vision of what Mitch is trying to do. He's trying to make a switchable team. And as we've seen, the best teams are very, very switchable from one to five and switchable on defense one to five and can guard multiple positions, can play multiple positions. And you're gonna have to offer a whole different way, different way of. You got to be Baskin Robbins. You got to be 31 different flavors. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there are 31 different combinations that are possible, but you know what? You'll we'll be able to see over the the season basically that there may be a d- whole bunch of different flavors that the Charlotte Hornets can offer. All right, let's get to the Zach Lowe free agent winners and losers and where he puts the Charlotte Hornets, but not before I mention Bet Online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign up bonuses and contest information. Their website or your mobile device, it doesn't matter how you sign up for it. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on we'll get to zach Lowe. are they a winner or a loser the charlotte hornets we'll talk about it next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets and i was cutting a rug in that place not a funk master flex shout out so to him again walker how old are you again uh i am 28 years old <laughs> i didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast All right, Zach Lowe came out with his winners and losers of free agency, and the Charlotte Hornets are a winner. In fact, he says the prudent Charlotte Hornets are a winner in free agency. Not usually the kind of tone Zach Lowe talks about regarding this franchise, but he says some positive things about them. And like me, like you, we kind of talked about what the theme of the press conference for Mitch Kupchak was. And it was all about cap flexibility towards the future. And that's what he writes. Charlotte is quietly building a solid team with future flexibility. The Hornets are probably one really good young player from a high-level long-term nucleus, depending on the development of Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. But they are giving themselves avenues to get there. And let's just talk about that first. Like, it it is nice to have that flexibility. And I agree with Zach. We'll see where Miles goes this season. We'll see where PJ goes. We know where LaMelo is and hopefully can go, but you do have some semblance of a nice nucleus. And can you hit one more time in the first round? Can James Booknight and maybe even a Kai Jones, you're hoping that both of them can Kai Jones more so down the line, James Booknight showing you more substance right away. And then of course, growing upon that down the line. But can you hit on that again with the James Book Knight and then keep your long-term nucleus in place? I think that's the goal. And the fact that Kelly Oubre and Mason Plumley are both on partially guaranteed contracts, and he writes about that and how big of a deal that is. He says his $8.5 million deal for next season, it's only half guaranteed. And then you, know, you talk about bringing in a Kelly Oubre. 
his $12.6 million salary for next season is only 40% guaranteed. Look, this is Mitch Kupchak just wanting a ton of flexibility towards the future. And that's not a bad idea. Like I, no, I wanted them to keep a couple of the guys I've expressed that, but it doesn't mean that any of this is disastrous by any stretch of the imagination. And if I were to have my GM either act too quickly or want to open up the avenues a lot more in order to operate down the line and and maybe lean a little too much into the ladder, I'd still take the ladder. Yeah, you know, I, again, I'm with you on that. I would much rather take the ladder and just be very, very, very cautious about this. I Again, it's like we talked about all week. They are legitimately frightened of doing 2016 all over again. And I'm glad that it's being recognized. I'm glad that the... Mitch has built this, like, they're a yoga. Again, this is Mitch Kupchak's yoga. Some people like to test their flexibility for reasons and do yoga. And then there are others that like Mitch Kupchak that like to stretch the cap and stretch stretch and see how flexible (laughs) this entire roster can be. And I do like the flexibility. We just talked about the, the switchability in the last segment. This is just another aspect of it in another way. If... This team can this team can go into multiple multitudes of directions. I love what they've done. I've again, it's nice to see Zach Lowe recognize that. And I think this is now two straight years, if I'm not mistaken, that this team has now been recognized for smart deals. And at this point, Walker, I'm I'm kind of of the mind that I'm trying to enjoy it, but you know that like the, the shoe's gonna drop at some point. I'm just trying to fight that feeling right now. I don't know about you. <laughs> and yet, well. I mean, he goes into a little about the the problem that I've had with what they did so far. He said they gobbled up another future first round pick for Devontae Graham, which is valuable. I provide that little bit of analysis going back to Zach Lowe. He said a player that didn't really need they a player they didn't really need with balls emergence and Terry Rozier's central role. But then the following paragraph, all in parentheses, he does say this. That move does create pressure to re-sign Rozier next summer, which is what I was afraid of, which could wipe out near-term cap space. Rozier had a really good season, redeeming Charlotte's decision at the time that was slandered, including here, to effectively swap Kimball Walker for him. He's only 27, and the cap space landscape next summer does not look player-friendly. So if it's not going to be player-friendly, and Terry Rozier doesn't come in at that expensive of a contract, then the damage could be minimized. I still don't think it's going to get to Devonte Graham level and what could have happened. What, what could happen, right? Let, let's take the pessimistic views. If we're going to be the negative podcast, the pessimistic view of this is you lose Devonte on a fair deal. Somebody that can shoot pretty damn well next to LaMelo ball and is no worse a defender than what Terry Rozier is. And what also could happen is the Pelicans don't make the postseason, and what's going to be a tough West. And eventually they get their first round pick or it conveys into two second rounds uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. And you pay a decent amount of money to Terry Rozier, even if the damage is minimized, it's more than what you would have paid for Devante. And Terry's not as good of a decision maker as Devante. I would have rather have kept Graham in that scenario. And you could have gotten some pretty nice value, in my opinion, in return for Terry Rozier. Like, I think his value is maxed out to the point where an expiring contract, like we've had that conversation before. And I think that's the the route I would have taken differently compared to what the Charlotte Hornets decided to do and what they could set themselves up to do. 
This is just like, and I hear where you are kind of like, I do understand on selling high on Terry Rozier, but, and, and this is the only thing I had, this is the only defense I really have. We keep, we can't keep forgetting about the personal touch, the personal aspect of this. And granted, this team has not done this, and this is something that I've said, they have not done very well, something I've semi-walked back. I would be remiss to say at some point, like, this is the guy that Mitch really likes, and this will be the, the test on. If he outplays his contract, cool. You still have a You still have a chance to keep him, but if he ha- comes back to earth a little bit, and has a point where you don't have to pay him much or you don't have to pay him too much off of what you already have, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy like that that can possibly transition into your six-man role as James Booknight gets better and becomes a better positional piece to start. I don't think keeping, again, I'm not of the mind that keeping or keeping or not retaining Terry Rozier is going to make or break your roster. I think Mitch is kind of, I I would dare I say, Mitch is kind of dummy-proofed the roster in terms of that with the book night drafting and book night being there available in a point where no one expected him to. So I see your point. I do understand that you want to get everything that you can, but at the same time, I think we got to recognize the people aspect and understand the impact that a guy like Terry Rozier has on this roster. I, I, I understand the people aspect. I'm receptive when we talk about that on this podcast. I just don't know how the people aspect of this pertains more so to Terry Rozier than it does to Devontae. Okay, we'll sell you for a lottery first-round protected pick, but if you trade Terry, especially with maybe even getting to talk to him about going to a real playoff contender, I think we we don't have to have the fear of pissing someone off for moving them every single time you make some roster move. Like I, I am not devaluing the personal aspect to this. I recognize its value. But also at the same time, you know, you did move Devontae. And Fair. you're gonna have to move on from people in this business or else you just have the same team every single year because you don't want to move them and, and make them angry. You know, you give them a tip of the cap and say thank you, but this is the right move for our business it, because they're not Kimba. You know, they're, they're not Kimba Walker. Uh, Cody Zeller, you know, we can talk about that. That's like, that was weird. You know, James Brago not playing him as much as he should have, whatever, you know, I, I, they didn't trade him. Like, I'm not saying that you're entirely wrong by any stretch. The Charlotte Hornets may have not treated these guys as, as well as they should have for their services, but you know, okay, Devonte and the way that he was treated could have been transitioned to Terry Rozier, and one, you could have gotten more value, and also you could have gotten a better contract here with Devonte than what you're, in my opinion, going to have to pay Terry if he plays even close to the level that he did last season. The the thing is with Devonte and Terry, and this is why it's different. Devonte has said has said on the record now at this point. Devontae wanted wanted more than the Hornets were willing to give him in terms of a role, not in terms of money. If Devontae, because I, I do think that if Devontae wanted to stay, he could have stayed. He wanted more of a playing time thing. This was more about playing time. This was more about role. This was more about leadership with Devontae. And if James Booknight has the type of year to where he makes Terry irrelevant, they're going to have the same conversation. And at the same point, like if 
Book Knight comes out and has a lights out rookie of the year season, and the Hornets have back to back rookie of the years. I can easily see a situation where Terry's like, I want this and I want this role. And Mitch is going to be like, unfortunately, we can't do that. And he'll do the same thing to Terry that he did to Devontae and fit, find a place that he wanted to go and help him create a sign and trade. I really do think that it, like, I kind of like this idea of, and this is where the people aspect comes. If this becomes a situation where James Booknight becomes what he does, then I I completely understand. And I do think that that sec that first, that guaranteed first that turns into two seconds, I don't think the return for Terry Rozier, if he has a similar season to this year, is going to is going to eclipse what they get for a guy like Terry like than what they got for Devontae Graham. I really do believe that there is a level to this that we're like that we're kind of ignoring on this one. What what's the level? Like you mean the the potential return being less the than the potential Devontae? return being different. The potential return is going to be different in a sign and trade. You you think it's going to be less than what more. we got for more? Well, uh, I think it'll be more. I think it'll be more. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like that. No, I I agree with that. If I'm not mistaken, I was trying to get back on track, but no, that's what I agree with. And and the risk you take now is in this contract season. Let's say Terry isn't shooting as hot as he was the last couple of seasons because sometimes that happens and he doesn't have the outlier two-point percentage season like he did last year. Let's say he even comes halfway down to earth. You know, do you lose some of that value in return that you could have gotten? So that that those are my fears. Those are my fears. But I, I understand. But I, understand. I will say Terry has proven to be a very good catch-and-shoot guy. I don't think that's going to leave him. That's going to help LaMelo a lot. And I think Terry did find like the thing about Terry's two point shooting that was really nice is besides the the month slump that he had where everything just came down, got tired, whatever. Um, it, he was pretty consistent inside the three point arc in a way that he had not been earlier in his career. So I, I look, he is going to provide some nice scoring for sure for this uh, Charlotte Hornets team, just like he has the last couple of seasons. All right. Zach Lowe has him as a winner. And James Brago, he's excited about the future of this basketball team. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. That wraps up this edition. Thanks also to Built Bar and Sweat Block for supporting the show, protecting all of the Bruskies, the Husky Bras. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.